Are you ready for farm freedom? I'm literally crushing <laughs> the stereotype of a farm. Size doesn't matter when it comes to farming. And she said, I want to grow all year round. She said, honey, we live in Pennsylvania. You need to make sure that there's a market for it. You know, like, let's go straight to the chefs. You're half in it, half out, you're up and down. Gotta be all in at all times. Welcome to another episode of Farm Freedom. This is officially our first homemade money interview episode. We're super excited about this one. We had a ton of fun recording it. Today we've got Talish Family Farm and they are microgreens, gourmet mushroom growers on an urban farm, which makes it for a really fun twist. To be honest with you, this conversation has been so much more than I would have expected. There's so much more to it than just the farm side. And I mean, to me, this has just been a great interview that hopefully a lot of people will listen to and learn a lot from. Better than we ask for interview for, like he said, the relationship stuff and the talking about the family thing, because that is actually perfectly in line with our whole finding good living for your family through this kind of a lifestyle. You know, you ask somebody like, how do you make money off of a farm? Nobody's going to say grow microgreens first. They'll tell you big things of like, get a bunch of chickens and sell eggs, grow a huge garden, do a CSA. You have room, get some cows, do some grass-fed beef, grass-fed pork, right? I mean, the great thing is we can prove to people that you can literally homestead, farm, whatever you want to call it, anywhere. Welcome, and thank you for thank you for being here today. We're super, super pumped about this. I, I like the backdrop of the microgreens right? behind you. That's uh, pretty awesome. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Yeah, she said that. She was like, does your office normally have a backdrop? I'm like, yeah, the office is in the farm. It's right here. It's perfect. Which is, right? I wish my, no, I don't wish my office was in the farm. Yeah, I would have chickens like. <laughs> we'd have goats bothering us. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, there's that. That would be <laughs> terrible. Anyway, so I'm ready to hear more about you guys. If you're ready. Yeah, yeah we're ready. Okay. So tell us, introduce yourselves. Who are you, <laughs> right? Everybody wants to know. Love that for you a little bit. Um, how long have you guys been at your little farm here? How long have you been going at it as a, uh, you know, the business venture as opposed to like, oh, let's just grow these for ourselves maybe. So like, just, just tell us about you. Tell us something fun about you. So I'm Katie and this is my husband, John, obviously. And uh, we've been married for 11 years just yesterday. Um, well, happy anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, I was the girl next door. So John and I were neighbors growing up. Aww. And um, we used to walk to school together in like seventh grade. And we parted ways through college and then got back together. And um, we got married at 22. Um, and I bought this the house that we're in, in, I guess, 2008. I guess I've been here. 13 years now yeah about that yeah and then you know he moved in as soon as we got married and I mean he's been a part of it since day one it was he was helping me knock walls down and paint and stuff like that (laughs) and we only live on about a quarter of acre so we have wow little bit of space and we maximize every inch of it I will say it that way and I think we're turning heads like you guys were in the suburbs (laughs) <laughs> with what's in our backyard and what's oh, on yeah what's chicken on. Coop, you know every once in a while chicken gets in the front yard and we're like oh god sorry, <laughs> that's, that's sorry guys <laughs> um 
So uh, we've always been, I guess you could coin us as hobby gardeners per se. And then we took the switch to make it professional growers uh, officially in October of 2020. Um, and since then we've, we've been blessed enough to grow exponentially. I would say our, our niche is um, microgreens, gourmet mushrooms and um, chicken eggs. We obviously have experience in hydroponic farming and traditional farming as well. And um, we are officially starting to look for commercial properties. Very cool. Nice. So yeah, we've, we've always gardened um, since we've been here. Um, it's been started from tiny little things and I gardened growing up during, you know, you know, my younger years. And then I said, you know, Kate, hey, like we gotta, we gotta do this. Like, this is something we should be doing together, uh, grow this stuff. And then, you know, it turned into like, okay, um, growing tomatoes that entire season to make sure that we have sauce every year, right? The whole winter, yeah. Uh, and giving that stuff away was just something that was so like humbling. A novelty gift. Yeah, you know, give it to your neighbors or give it off and say, you know, as a gift or something. That's like, it was like one of the best things we could do. And it felt so good to do that. And it caught on every year and a little bigger and a little bigger. And then we started to do, she had told me, she said, I want to grow all year round. I said, honey, we live in Pennsylvania. So uh, that, there's only one option there. It's either a greenhouse or we're doing it in the basement. And that's where that started. That's how the hydroponics. She said, I want to do it all the way around. And then we grew lettuce and herbs and everything uh, over one winter. And then it was, it was a snowball effect. It, it just was, took off. Yeah. We're like, okay, we can do everything. That is so cool. So, so basically, you guys have not purchased vegetables for quite a while now because you guys. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't say we're that. I, wish I mean, we have kids, right? I mean, sometimes. <laughs> yes, and so, I mean, jeez. It's hard for me to get an egg nowadays because we're selling all of ours. Yeah, so I our eggs, so our egg subscription sold out. Hydroponics will come back in October, um, and we'll do a salad subscription on that. Um, I yeah. mean, we're kind of all over the place. So but. based on if we become. Um, uh, you know, bigger, uh, and then we end up in another space that's obviously going to change if we build a humongous hydroponic wall. We're, we want to do huge amounts of that stuff because we're. I don't know if you've ever looked at some of like our Instagram stuff. There's, it's like a whole, it was like a whole wall. PVC pipe, hydro. Uh, and jet. every, you know, inch. And by the time we pull, I mean, we have flowers in the middle of a blizzard. <laughs> um and so i don't know it was really fun uh but along the way we learned a lot i mean at one point we had, we had that poisonous flower oh jesus <laughs> that was growing we were in growing there. in the hydroponics system and someone pointed it actually with one of our followers who was, was like that? um was that's a fox trap or fox oh fox maybe uh, yeah fox glove. fox glove so we had to throw away everything in the system because i was paranoid because you know it shares the same water right, system right I was so fearful. I was so. like, man, that thing's pretty. I'm like holding it. I'm like, it's really cool. I'm like, oh, oh shit, this thing is. <laughs> so I like literally went back to like the Johnny Seeds website and there was absolutely a warning that this blonde did not catch. So, you know, we, we've definitely gone through a lot of trial uh, and error, but we're on our way. You know, it's it's been wild. Yeah, I, I definitely think trial and error is something that happens for everybody in the farming um, industry because yeah. we've, uh, We've made many errors in the past. A lot of error. Yeah. You're definitely on trial a little bit and occasionally yeah. you get it right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> when you get it on the first try, you're like, yes, I'm amazing. And then something breaks behind you. We just yeah. like, about that last week. Yeah. It, it's the uh, one step forward, two step back thing that yeah. uh, seems to always yeah. happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Rule of thumb for sure. Yeah. Yep. 
So I guess that kind of answers the question of which came first, the farm or the idea. Yeah. Right, you guys, I like you guys got there and then got the idea. Yeah. And ran with it. Yeah. Um, and being home during the pandemic really, I mean, I, I was essential, so I had to be at work all the time. But, you know, she was home and then we just hung out all the time. And it was during the winter, so we were in the basement. We were having fun. We had a blast. You know, we had a, a lot of I fun. never wanted chickens. She's been begging me for chickens for like 10 years. So I, I, you like, know, I was, we gotta get a chicken. finally we did the chicken thing. And now like they were officially like my girls. And I'm like, oh, did you take my ladies today? Like, <laughs> like I've officially turned into like that chicken girl. And Dude, they're the best, man. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're like so easy. much easier than our dog. And they give us eggs every day. It's I know, like... they shit rainbows. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so much better than this dog we have. What's going on with you? When are you going to step it up? She's a good vacuum though after the kids. So have you guys uh, fallen for uh, chicken math yet? I mean, uh, how many chickens are you up to at this point? Oh, man. Yeah, so we started with six. We now have like 24. Yeah. Now, right. and, 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 and we probably still easily get another 30 to fulfill all the eggs. Like we have a wait list for our eggs. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, and it's like, you know, we ordered the first round and then we're like, yeah, let's just, you know, pick a bunch of different ones. And then my buddy's like, oh, I got some fertile eggs. Once some, I'm like, hell yeah, what's some of them? So we put them underneath a fruity hen and then it's like, oh my God, we got, we got. You know, it's funny. A lot of these, you know, the chicken people, like they're into it and they're like, oh, is that, you know, is that a Armini Kamrani special olive egg or silky, whatever. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, she has blue eggs. Very pretty. Yeah. Very pretty. <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny. She'll say to me, oh, did you notice that chicken out there? And I'm like, which chicken? You're going to have to tell me the color of the feathers, yeah. everything. I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Same. Oh, my God, the brown one. We have like, like oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have like so many, ones. like Rhode Island Red. Uh, we only have like a few that are named. You know, like those are the ones that are like really stick out. Like we have uh, Betty. She's like all black. So we call her Black Betty, you know. Uh, <laughs> Speckled one. I call her Peppa because she looks like salt and pepper. We got one that's got a mean ass limp. She's got like a bum leg. Um, we call her Gigi. Yeah, for, that's for G her gimp. Gigi, yeah. she's just a Gigi. It's okay. You know, it's easy to pick her out. Yeah, it's limping all around. Yeah, her yeah, yeah, but she's cool. I think you guys kind of covered this a little bit, but what is it that made you decide to go from like the hydroponic growing indoors for yourself? What made you decide? we want to do this like more towards commercial and you're talking about, you want to expand and, and get into bigger crops and stuff. So what, what's kind of like the thought process that pushed you to say, let's, let's get this to be something more than just for us. Well, I think we, we, we kind of knew in the back of our mind that we wanted to do something like this. We didn't know exactly. Right. So we did a lot of different things. We tried, we tried kind of quite a few things and we're like, ah, I think we're going to set our sights on this. And then we're like, ah, I think we're going to set our sights on that. And then it molded into. Yeah. It kind of came to fruition. You know, like we sort of did a blanket of, of what we were going to encompass or sell. Yeah. And then it just kind of. Like we really wanted to understand um, plants. Right. And we wanted to understand what they needed, what they wanted, what we could get away with, what we, you know, what was the bare minimum, um, you know? What was gonna make the most money, let's be real. Yeah, yeah, and then and that, that's what really came about. We went, we did a couple of different things and we're like, hmm, this isn't gonna make any money. Yeah. You know, like, there's not a market here for this. And then we're like, hmm, you know, and we did that a lot. 
farmers um, market. Let's start yeah. some light on that. So this is not an anti-disc farmers market at all. We certainly love, love, love going to them ourselves, but it never seemed conducive to family life for us. So for example, you know, John's at work all week long and you have to pay to, you know, if he's to be in it and then you're obligated to every Saturday and every Sunday yeah. for, you know, nine months. And, you know, with a two and a three-year-old, I was like, you know, we're going to be two ships in the night. Like this just did not seem, you know, to constitute a good, healthy family and marriage. And yeah. so that was how, you know, I was kind of saying, you know, like, let's go straight to the chefs. Let's go straight to the restaurants and do it on the commercial side because they need it before the weekend, before the night, you know, that before the holidays. And they want it direct from the farm. So, and they seem to love that relationship with the farm. Yeah. So we have, you know, custom blends, you know, I'm so proud to be on some of these dishes in such elite uh, facilities and working with the chefs and it's, it's very artistic and it's fun and it's beautiful and it yeah. tastes amazing and it's nutritious and it's local and it's small business. Like there's so much yeah. that comes to that and it feels And this good. looks pretty cool too. Yeah. It's so, fun. You know, chefs like to come to the facility. Everybody likes to take tours of the farm and um and they're, they're always fun. shocked you know it's like yeah because when you pull up to our house you're like I mean, we're literally crushing <laughs> the stereotype of a farm i mean you guys have goats hundreds of chickens you know i'm sure cows are coming soon right i don't know yeah. but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. you know you come up to our house and you're like um i just got off the expressway yeah um to the city's right there i mean from some <laughs> of the hills here you can actually see the skyscrapers yeah and uh, the, the you know, tour of our farm takes 15 minutes. But we so. can talk about it for hours. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on in this little space. Yes. That's awesome. I love that. I love that you guys are, like you said, breaking that stereotype that you don't have to have, you know, only like literally you've got a quarter acre, we've got 24, like move the decimal point two places and you guys are doing awesome things. Crazy lot. A fraction of what people expect you to have. So. That's yeah. so awful. 625 yeah. square feet is this what we're at right now? Yeah, I saw your post the other day. What was that? Impressive. I saw your post. It was like six, yeah, 600 something square feet. And I was like, I, tell, I was telling him about that. And I was like, that's the coolest thing. Absolutely. It's so and, cool. And the chickens, I don't know how big theirs is, but they got like the Taj Mahal of Dan oh, yeah. Coops. So it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to ask? Uh, so, which one of you were the salesperson that started going Ooh. out to the restaurants and actually? selling it because that's that's hard to pick you know what restaurant to walk into and find the right person to talk to um so i was a dental hygienist for 15 years and you know i always kind of coined it like every 45 minutes with a new appointment was a new show and i was the entertainment because they really couldn't talk right yeah. <laughs> um, so i'm obviously very outgoing and i'm not shy to go straight to the top so i picked Probably some of the more, um, as I always say, bougie, the bougie places. And we started with our favorite restaurants. You know, I want to be in the places that I want to eat at. Yeah. And I would walk in and I, I would ask for the head chef and probably piss my pants a few times, shaking my boots. But, you yeah. know, you do it and, and it gets easier and easier and easier. And then when you start to have these, you know, pretty elite restaurants underneath your belt, you know, it kind of snowballs like, oh, you guys are in White Dog and oh, you're in the Blue Bell Inn. Oh, yeah, we want to part of that too. Because if they're buying, we should be too, definitely. Right. And it helps. And um, we've had some media publications that's helped spread the word. And um, actually, the news will be out. They're going to do a feature on us 
guys get ABC News over there? I don't even Local know. 6 ABC. So we'll be uh, in 6 ABC. It's a, um, like the major news around here. Yeah. Um, they're going to come out later this month. And um, yeah, so just kind of do it, you know, do it. I mean, I can't, I, I think the first time I went out to pitch a restaurant, I was like wearing like stilettos and like didn't really know what I was talking about and probably oversold our farm by like 20%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, and then now I'm like, all right, t-shirt, chill, flats, let's shoot the shit, let's talk. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, I'm into it, I guess. Yeah, some of my microgreens growers offer live trays. Most of my restaurants are like, no thanks. Because I said, I, I said, you can have, I can certainly provide you with a live tray, but I'm like, you got to make sure it gets sunlight. You got to water it. And they're like, oh, never, never, never mind. Yeah, I don't want that. You're a great saleswoman then. Cause you're like, oh, I can do this and it's cheaper or it's, it's whatever. And then they're like, but you don't want to do it. And they're like, we hear you tell me what to do. Put it in a box for me. We'll Buy go. it for me. I'll take care of the rest. Got you covered. Customer service is definitely a big part then. Yes, absolutely. For sure. Gotcha. Now, uh, how did you guys decide how to mix the microgreens? Because, you know, that's something I've kind of looked into them just out of curiosity after learning about you guys, because I don't really know anything about microgreens. And I'm reading it and there's so many different ones and there's so many different combinations. And is it like the restaurant saying, hey, I want the combination of this? Or are you guys walking in saying, this is what we offer? So maybe before we get into that nuance, yeah. tell us a little bit more about what it actually takes to grow like this beautiful setup that's behind you because for other people who are learning about microgreens right yeah. when they first hear about it they might be sitting here like so when you say this to grow the microgreen you mean the actual like physical like right give us give us like a high level but like he's sitting here and he's like i want to grow microgreens what does it take like what's your setup how long does it take to grow them um how do you take care of them you know, okay. kind of just like in a nutshell, help us walk away from this. Like, okay, we could, we could at least get a starting point of, I know where and what to research to start doing this for myself now. Right, right, right. So you need UV lights. Well, not, not, not UV. Um, not UV. No, what are they? Just LED lighting. There you go. LED lighting. Um, you need lights, lots and lots and lots of grow lights. Lots, and lots um, I mean, if you're going to start small, I would definitely just advertise you know, getting shelving. I mean, you, there's a bazillion different forms of shelving. You can get them at mm -hmm. your local hardware store. You can um, use, and not necessarily LED lights. You can use fluor uh, fluorescent lights. You can do um, all kinds of those things. Um, there's lots of different hues. There's yeah, purples, the there's whites, like there's yeah. all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of research in that stuff. Um, and then- um, Seeds, you need seeds for sure. <laughs> I mean, we go through, I mean, you gotta figure like, you we get a, a, you get a of packet seeds. of seeds that you go to your grocery store and you get or like Johnny seeds like this right. big. I mean, we're, we're getting like 25 pound bags shipped at one time because we go through so much. Yeah. So definitely a lot of seeds. Uh, we have like three or four companies that we work with to get our seeds. One's up in Canada. Um, True Leaf is probably a popular one everyone knows. Uh, Trace. Um, there's a lot of different growers doing a lot of different things with Trace. Um, we prefer... Um, smaller ones, but a lot of them do like one inch trays. Yeah, so we um, run with one inch trays. Two inch trays. It's, There's all kinds of different ones. Yeah. Um, you can see those all over Instagram and all that stuff. Everyone has their own little niche of what they like to do. And then growing medium. You know, you need to have. Um, there's Kokora, there's. Um, general growing soil. soil, yeah, um, soil. There's a lot of different makers of that stuff. Um, and it's trial and error. It was trial and error for us. Um, so you had asked about grow times. Yeah. So right. our farm is on a seven day turnover. 
So yeah. every Wednesday we plant the entire planting list, whatever it is, according to the chef's orders. We do standing orders. Uh, we do, you know, some people just have random orders, which is fine too. So every Tuesday, all the plants, all the orders have to be in by Tuesday at midnight. And then Wednesday, we plant the entire farm, the entire list, and we harvest the entire farm. So every Wednesday, the farm empties. <laughs> so Tuesday night's the best night to see the farm. I always say that. Um, uh, the only crop that we carry that's a three-week crop would be our micro cilantro. We have 15 different menu items on our menu for microgreens. Um, for the mushroom side, we've grown, I think it was, I think you may have also read this fact, we've done over 12 different species of mushrooms, but primarily focus on three to four. Narrowed it down for production into uh, three or four. Um, but so we do seven day turnover. So for example, some of the crops, as you're asking, are like a beet, a beet is a three week crop and it takes a lot of space on your farm. So you really have to pick your crops based on how large your facility is and how long you want to turn it over. And what your chefs want. Yeah. So like we, with a standing order, you got to figure you got you gotta have three weeks of that, keep keep rolling. So it takes a lot of space. Most of our crops are one and done, one week you're good, you know, between shoots and micros. So part of that is, it, my advice would be to choose your crops wisely. Very interesting. That's I didn't a, realize it was that fast. I was thinking like at least two, three weeks and like six weeks for some stuff, but like. I mean, every grower is gonna grow them out to a different size and a different weight. I choose to, to do them on a, on, a, on a genuine micro where it's just, you know, the one condyle tree leaf. That's, that's how I propose it, but it's no right or no wrong. It's really personal to each farm. You know, it's very, very cool. So, so now question about the blends. Yes. So your question. So, so, yeah. So my question was, you know, with the, the different blends, are you guys choosing what the blends are and making that as an offer or are the chefs saying, you know, this is a blend that I want. Right, like can even, you make it for me? even if you don't grow a certain thing, they ask for it. You guys say we can do that, or absolutely. So the yeah. difference between us and one of the like mega suppliers, like a, a Cisco U.S. Foods or a Farm Art situation, is mm -hmm. is that we have a relationship with our chefs. So we do custom blends. So we have our three, we'll say universal blends. Uh, we have the Trinity blend, which is three different kinds of radishes. We have the Purple Haze blend, which is going to be very purple sided so it's a purple rambo a purple copper roby but it has a little bit of green mostly a purple hue to it and then there's the greenhouse which is i feel like it's like throw the kitchen sink in there and it's just like so i have a lot of chefs who love the greenhouse blend but like don't do red amaranth or you know so we have custom blends and that's that is absolutely fine yeah. with us no problem and we love having that relationship with them but how did we pick them i don't know i mean it was kind of like oh this looks pretty <laughs> yeah, we've got some trials going right now of a couple of different things. Um, we're going to be rolling that out soon to our chefs, um, but we're doing trials right now. So we're, you know, we're figuring out how they react to the grow room, how they react to heat, moisture, and fans. And do they need fans? Do they need, you know, less heat, more heat, whatever it is. Uh, we're trying to make sure that, that they're going to be successful. So that's what we're doing right now. We've got two or three. Right yeah. Now. So I just want to sort of say, John, I'd say you master this, but. Um, you know, we are cultivating two very different animals. And something that I didn't know was the, the carbon dioxide thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we've got two animals in the basement, right? We, we've got microgreens and we've got mushrooms. Right. So microgreens um, exhale oxygen, right? They intake carbon dioxide and exhale oxygen. And then on the opposite, we've got mushrooms 
that do the complete opposite, right? They produce dark. They produce carbon dioxide. So one likes light, one likes darkness, one likes moisture, yeah. the other likes circulating air. So currently our fruiting chamber um, extracts all the air from the basement, right? So it sucks all the oxygenated air as much as we'd like to think into there. And maybe that's what makes them a little bit different. Hopefully it makes them better. Uh, but um, it's pretty neat. Pretty neat to even think about that. So does it seem like having those two opposite kind of crops, do they seem to complement each other? That like, if you took the mushrooms out of the equation, would your microgreens not be as good now? No, so the, um, the mushrooms, all the air that comes is in the basement is sucked out and ventilated out the outside. Oh, okay. There's a lot of spores come from mushrooms, right? So right. they've right. got to be exhausted out. They cannot be in the house. Yeah. Um, and that would be really cool if you could I know, right? Just together. all together. Every time and they would soak. We could soak. cook them together. I'll put it that way. We right. could, I guess, in the facility, but uh, we'd have to wear masks and stuff like that for the mushrooms because it would just become too much for respiration. For in-house, yeah. Makes sense. Um, so I hear things like, just a side question, I hear 25-pound bag of seeds, and we're going through a lot of those, and I'm thinking, like, wow, that's got to be quite like the logistics effort to keep constantly ordering seeds. Is there any way, total novice question, is there any way to turn what you guys are doing with that seed volume into, maybe not on your space, but if somebody had the space to, could you turn that into a self-sustaining microgreen? Yeah, yeah we, we thought about that early on. I was like, he hey, has, I was, he's I was, ambitious. I was, I was like, like hey, we, we got I have two these. kids. Like, I have to remind you I'm a stay-at-home mom and a full-time farmer. So a lot of what we do. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was like. Yeah, let's like, grow out the arugula and like, like get the seeds and we'll the harvest seeds. them. And then, you know, and we de and definitely theory, thought about that. Yes. Maybe if I lived on 24 acres like you guys, but right. not, not, not on our level. Yeah. Our yeah. Size. schedule. Right. Yeah. Right. But so if for your question, could somebody do that? Absolutely. If they have the land? Yes. Absolutely. You know, you could be, you could maybe supplement quite a bit, maybe 50%, maybe if I thought about it, mm -hmm. um, of your seed intake, right. maybe. I mean, you'd be doing a lot of harvesting. Right, and you'd be doing a lot, a lot but you need there. quite a bit. And you would have to. Yes, but where are we going to do it? No, the hell no. And I'd assume you'd have to have like what you guys have, basically your rotational production crop, and you'd want a separate seed production crop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would because obviously yeah, not a microgreen anymore. Yeah, it would be right. doing its season, and you would need. Yeah, so then you have. So you're silo. talking. Yeah, you're talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. here. Complex ordeal. You guys are doing enough complexity that I'm like, I'm good. I'll just buy the seeds. <laughs> I always have to ask. Um, so I think we covered like the why are you, you know, why are you focusing on like microgreens and stuff? But I guess we didn't really ask the question of like, why microgreens, why mushrooms? Right? Well, I, okay, I can answer that. I can answer that very simply. Highest amount of yield, least amount of labor. Two major things. And we tried outdoor farming and we thought about doing, you know, the farmer's markets and you're out there sweating your ass off, digging, tilling, weeding. I don't have bugs in here. I don't have mosquitoes in here. I don't have any of that stuff. Can so we it's, it's all about profit and labor, right? That's really what it boils down to. Yeah, it was something we could do. Awesome. Mushrooms. Mushrooms are fascinating, by the way, too. Like, can we note that? I mean, I, and micros are gorgeous and dainty. I mean, it's not just those two things, but I mean, really, that's what I will say mushrooms are an extremely hard thing to do. It is, I, I mean, I, um, I can't emphasize that enough, but I'm, um, I've done quite a 
bit of crazy things in my life and stressed my brain out quite a bit, but these are very hard. Uh, and it takes a lot of experience. Yeah. I remember asking her about how do we do mushrooms? And she's like, yeah, let me tell you about it. And she's like, she's telling me all about the tents and stuff and the growing medium. And I'm like, oh uh, yeah, it's uh, down the road. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, really unique. It and, is. Which, you know, it's something I really love to do is stress my brain out, but God damn, this is, it's a lot, but we're, we're excited about the future of mushrooms and the way they're going to be taking off and doing really well. So yeah. Excited. So have you guys been selling a lot of mushrooms to your current customers currently, or is this kind of a new endeavor for you? No, no. So we were all, it was always mushrooms and micros. Uh, we had to take a pause in production of the mushrooms in order to facilitate the acceleration of the micro side. So right yeah. now we're just re-implementing the, the practices because it's, a, you know, it's in like an everyday thing just yeah. as the micros are. We built uh, a, a clean room. So the um, lab. The lab uh, that we built during that time. and. I got a lot of equipment for um, the fruiting chamber for hydration in there, uh, uh, you know, and just started to rebuild it again to make sure that we make the steps in the right direction. But we do have chefs that are ready for them when we were Absolutely ready to ready. Them. Absolutely. So, so, so and it's, a different, it's a different sales point than a microgreen, right. you know, and it's a different pitch. It's a different sale on mushrooms. So we're learning that too at the same time. Okay, I'll figure that one out too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's hard to predict the weight of a mushroom. And you got to figure that a microgreen is, is predictable the same every time, the way it grows. But, you know, a mushroom, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's just, it's another animal that you can't exactly replicate. So that's not something that we can do. Like with, with micros, we have standing order. You know, I know it's a plant. I know what they want. I know it's going to weigh. But with a mushroom, it's, we have, what, this is what we've harvested. Would you like some of it? So it's kind of, right that portion but i mean we have chefs who are like yeah give me three pounds every week perfect like you just made me realize that there's like these mushroom kits that you can get online yeah yeah right so you can order them so how does that compare to what you're doing and for somebody like for somebody sitting at home who's like oh mushrooms like my ears perked up at that maybe more than the microgreens um why would i do that and sell them and like do this whole like you've got a whole separate thing going on back there why don't why shouldn't i just like buy these mushroom kits and grow yeah. them they show them on their on their ads like on the kitchen yeah. counter and then sell that like why do this uh, huge setup What's so the uh the kits that they sell they're expensive right, right. um and the yield is only pretty much going to be personal right so um right. but it's going to be probably just around the same price um as you would get them at like the markets um what you get out of that block um so it's comparable but you get that experience of growing them out so that's what's really fun, it's like fun to watch it's fun to watch yeah. and to grow them yourself and cut them off you know where it's coming from um we will be offering that stuff mm -hmm. when my production gets much bigger um, i actually just applied to get some um some artwork done on boxes for the just grow yourself things so um we plan to do that and um but for the cool. person at home seeing all those ads on instagram and all that stuff uh north spore is a big one that does them um they're they're great and they're one of the first things that we got yeah. that turned us on to right. mushrooms i said we got to do this we gotta do this. you know and there's definitely a way um and but they were great i i loved growing them i it was fascinating and you could harvest them and then eat them it was a lot of fun 
and it was a it's a great thing. Yeah, and you know, part of this, the appeal of those boxes is you know they're they're mushrooms that you can't get at the grocery store, you know, like a pink yeah. oyster or a yellow oyster, which we have all of those, and and it, they are great to grow, and it's yeah. it's a very niche thing to have, you know, like yeah, most grocery stores they carry what portobello shiitake, maybe like a blend. Yeah, so it's a great way to get like some, um, you know, unique type uh, experience. Yeah. yeah. So those would be like a good. I'm gonna call it like the gateway drug to mushroom farming. Yes, yeah. absolutely would say that. Yeah. It's all set up, and it's like just do it, just grow it. You'll be hooked. Yeah. Good to go. Good experience. Good practice. Uh, for the homesteaders out there thinking about doing, uh, I, you know, the indoor stuff is really tough, but there's a lot of options for growing mushrooms outdoor. Um, and for the homesteaders out there thinking about doing that, I encourage them to do that. It's a lot of fun. It's easier. Um, and you can really get quite a good yield out of, you know, just doing them outside on like some hardwood yeah. species. Yeah. Um, yeah like the log growing. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a great thing. Um, and just, it's very, it's relatively cheap and you have, most people have some success with it and then you can just pick them off as, as needed in the springtime, plant them in the winter. You know, it's, it's really cool. So that stuff, I, I definitely encourage people to go get some plugs, pours, and things like that. Yeah. We don't carry those yet. Is there a risk um, growing them outside? Is there a risk of like, call it cross contaminating with like wild mushrooms in your area? Uh, like no. We have mushrooms so, that we're pretty sure are poisonous, just like popping up at random on our land. Yeah. I, I don't so, encourage anybody. Yeah, we don't encourage you to eat random mushrooms outside. Yeah. Right? Not like if we had if we did it like this outdoor like log garden thing. For doing yeah. mushrooms would there be any risk of like you know wild animals or our chickens or something going through those mushrooms and sure. planting them and then we'd be like oh crap these are like hybrid semi-poisonous mushrooms yeah. we grew you know something we shouldn't eat and didn't realize it, it it's definitely uh something that can happen um i would think it's relatively small um percentage wise to have that happen and what you're growing you're gonna see and it's gonna be right. you'll be able to, to identify them relatively easy about what you're growing with the mycelium birch. um i guess in nature they could you could get like a hybrid of some sort but it, I, I don't know I doubt it. on that yeah, level you know, like, i don't know how right. easy it is for it to do that yeah yeah, we you get a hybrid. I'd love to know about it because then we don't <laughs> send it to us. We'll make more. Well, because we're thinking like we had one where he's like we. It, it, lo it looked like the the Mario One Up mushrooms. Yeah. They're literally like this huge. tall, big orange one. Wow. He comes, yeah. in, he comes in from walking. It was like we've been here for like three weeks or something, and he took a walk with the kids, and he comes back, and he's like, "We got to get some trail cams. There's been people throwing pumpkins in our in our woods back here." And I'm like, "There's no way that people went back like a thousand feet on our property. We have no neighbors." like there's no way there's no way we missed that and then he's like yeah i got closer and i took a picture and it was a mushroom that got smashed <laughs> like okay. yeah and it's it's a but it, was, it was big yeah. it was really it was big. huge yeah uh you know I, for me i'm just getting started on like that whole like foraging type there's like a whole relationship course that you have yeah to take. my, my mind is to be picking them outside the amount of species that are out there and identifying is something i'm still learning about i, I have just yeah i've been using on that that picture it app or whatever it's called yeah yeah i bought it actually so far it's been like potentially poisonous we don't recommend eating it i'm like you got it i'm good <laughs> okay, I'm good yep. i don't need them wegmans is down the road i'm good yeah <laughs> so it's, it's been a unique experience just you know getting into that and, and kind of identifying right. stuff and right I, I really do want to find a species outside and locally that is like an oyster that I can cultivate indoors and grow and grow it as our own. The Tall Shally Farm 
you can only get it here, you know, that's something I really want to do. And I, I expect to get something at some point. I'm, I'm excited for that. That would be so. Uh, and we'll now that's, that's back and, into that, you know, the dreaming bigger and what's the vision, what's the next steps and commercial yeah. growing space. And yeah, very it cool. Out, it comes out in tidbits, right? Yeah, <laughs> lots of good stuff. Do you guys feel like you've broken even yet on all your expenses of putting everything in, or uh, you still working uh, there? Still working through that. Um, not far though. Not far though. We're not far. We're we're right. pushing really really hard, um, and um, that's why we have talks about the you know the commercial side, but and that would set us back um, again. But yeah, but we're we're still we're one step at a time and moving forward. Yeah. So we're going to begin the search for a commercial property because we have basically outgrown this farm and you know in order to grow more i need more so, so would that be would that be your whole family moving to a new source no, 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 no. like i would rent a commercial facility and that would just be very cool see that's one of the cool things about your farm is that most people in this niche that they say oh we're going to expand they're like oh yeah we're gonna go buy some more acres and you guys are like no we just need a we just need a clean room i see a basement somewhere else is bigger yeah. than mine right i don't even need a window just go down the street and just be like asking all your neighbors can we rent out your basement can we rent right yeah yeah that would be easy It'd be something walk next door to work um so how long would you say like if we wanted to get this started right or anybody wanted to get this started how long would you expect it would take given like you guys are the perfect example of like, you've got jobs, you've got kids, you've got family stuff, you've got life outside of what you're doing, right? It's not just like throw everything away and all I'm doing is this, right? So for the average person, how long would you expect it to take to get from, you know, starting, perhaps need to work on some of the research and education as to, you know, understanding what you're doing and, and the process and everything until you get to the point to be about where you guys are or maybe ahead of like, okay, we broke even, you know, we've got customers, we're starting to now turn a profit and we can call this like a really solid homemade money revenue stream changing, you know, changing the bottom line for our family, as opposed to we're doing it, we're recovering, you know what I mean? Got How it. long would you take it? Ooh, I'll speak to the micros, but I'll let you speak about the mushrooms. There. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about my number, I think, as a whole. What what's, your, what's your number? What do you think? Is is on average are you looking for like an um you're saying how long not how much right yeah. like if i'm if i'm sitting here today and i'm like this is amazing i want to be katie and i want to start doing microgreens how many yeah. months how many months is it going to take me would you expect um i think on average my number i think with months i don't think it's months i think it's years yeah i right. think you're looking at two three years to start um making things sustainable for your family income time management things like that uh and that's a that's a solid push, right? And and um, that's watching YouTube every single night, every single day, until you get the education. <laughs> and so your yeah, so your ears and eyes are just frosted over. You just can't you can't sit <laughs> and uh, and and really pushing extremely hard and making sure that you're all in. Micros, I would say, a dramatically less time. I would I would have to speak to you think so well the first point is that you know you need to make sure that there's a market for it okay so whether you're going down the retail or the grocery outlet side or if you're going to go like on ours and more on the commercial wholesale side 
So if there's no market for it, that being question one, right? Okay, um, but if there was a market for it, whatever that side may be, I would say you could certainly start small with, you know, like what we did, you know, one to two racks and, you know, start getting your restaurants going. So, you know, yeah. you don't have to buy 25 pound bags. It's just that we go through so much. Right? And, and if it's conducive to your family, if you, you know, you don't have that, um, that holding it back um, with kids and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah. And, 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 and then depending on, we'll say what, what crap choice you, you have, right. I would probably say two, three months. Two, three months. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't me. But to get back? Oh, to your get, investment? No, no, not to get to that point. To, oh. to get to selling and to get to, to working through it. Yeah, okay. to get to that point. Okay. The point where you say, okay, this is like, we're going to continue this. Kind of like you guys said, you tried some things, just uh, never mind. So yeah. to get to the point where you can say, like, this is good, this is gold for us, we got to run with it. Got it. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, yeah. Six, six months. Yeah. So six months or less? Yeah. For my now, is that is that with the did you, did you go into that six months number with like we already had knowledge about hydroponics what we needed to grow the research and education kind of side of it would you include that in the six months or are you saying like do the research however long that takes you once you officially physically start building growing etc and i would say once you part once you like start growing and and have like someone to pitch it to i i would say within yeah. a couple of months you'd be Getting your, getting, yeah, getting your trials out of the way, making sure that your environments are right. Yeah, because, you know, there's mold issues, you know, crop loss, there's burnout. I mean, yeah. you're going to have to go through all those, you know, labor pains, if you will. Um, but an experienced grower would know that. Yeah, you right. guys are also very lucky to be in the Philadelphia market because, you know, yeah. as we've been yes. down in Philadelphia, <laughs> there are a lot of those bougie restaurants <laughs> that you were talking about. Here yeah. in Manchester, there, there are some, but... I don't know that the market is nearly as large as the market you guys right. have. Yeah, so right. we're very blessed in terms of location. And, and that's, you know, another thing that- Why we chose it. Yeah, made it very sort of proper. And we have private chefs. I mean, we live right outside the main line. So we do, we have catering companies that approach us. We have private chefs that we work yeah. with. I mean, there's a lot of outlets you can. And, you know, it's, hey, if you don't have the bougie restaurants, you could be in a Wegmans. I mean, around us, I say, so you guys are only Wegmans. We have what? Whole Foods, Giant. I mean, we have five to 10 different grocery stores that are just around you at all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that outlet too. Yep. You know? Yeah, that's a good point though, in terms of matching what you guys are doing to kind of where you live. That. Yeah, you know, it probably wouldn't be a good idea for us to sell corn here. Okay, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I don't know. Uh, this uh, babe, uh, we're, we're not gonna we're gonna we're not gonna make it. Yeah. We're, we're not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. So so bulk of shelf is not gonna happen. <laughs> so we we chose it wisely. What about those tiny little corn though? The right? ones, oh, like yeah. Oh, I like Chinese food and stuff. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> the ones, oh my god. I don't know how they get those. Chow mein little thing. That's not in my crop. You guys got a backyard. Give it a try and go grow these little itty bitty corns. I have grown them, and it's just because I failed at growing corn. You know? <laughs> <laughs> tiny little stumps coming up, and I'm like, oh, babe, those are the ones in the. I think we can make a bunch of these. Right? It's perfect though. I mean, you got right micro creams, mushrooms, mini corn. It's like the stir fry. It's perfection. Oh, we're like half an hour. Oh, I love that. All right. Um, so on a more serious note though, did you guys ever have moments? You sound like you were pretty set of like, this is what we're doing and we will find a way to make it work. But did you ever have moments where you were like, 
this sucks. It's a lot of work. It's too, you know, like when you're first getting your customers, like we got, I'm, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And you're looking at this investment and you're like, can we just put it on the curb? And you ever have moments of that? If someone said no to that question, I'd say you're a liar. Absolutely. Right. There was nights where, where I'm crying, like, did we do the right thing? We have young kids. Yeah. Are we crazy? Oh my God. We're growing mushrooms in our basement. Like who says that? <laughs> Most people, when mushrooms start growing in their basement, they're right? calling a company to come clean their basement. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. That sounds crazy. So yes, there there was definitely growing pains and yeah, but ultimately the, they were they were minor. It was more you know anxiety. Are you are we doing the right thing? Like, nah, just, babe, just based cool. on just, the fact keep, that keep yeah that we had the young kids. But you know he has you know a full time job, so there was you know I had a, a fallback and that was comforting in that sense. And so I just just kind of kept going. So yeah, now definitely worth it. 100% never look back. Yeah, we're, we're still waiting to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. Like we said, right when we start getting our, right when we start getting our, yeah. Yeah, but you know, what's a boring life? Yeah. <laughs> so, so give me your best, like, I'm in that position, right? That we're feeling that, that like we look at the chickens and we're like, do we need to sell eggs or do we just need more soup, right? Um, what would be your best bit of encouragement on like that generic level, right? For this idea of like, you guys are building this farm freedom kind of, right? Like I'm gonna assume you guys are talking about expanding. You guys have big dreams of, is John not gonna have a, a full-time job in the future other than just the farm, right? And if that's this kind of little, you know, homemade bubble that you're working on building, what's your best, um, encouragement, your best advice to say, keep going, keep pushing for it, even when it's hard, even when you want to quit, right? Even when you think, oh, you know, we got this job, it's an income, it's fine, it's, you know, it's normal, right? And, and obviously, you know, our brand, we're working on that idea of finding good living, right? Which is exactly yeah. what you guys are working towards. So what's your, what's your, like, inspirational cat poster on the wall quote gonna be <laughs> you do you and i'll do mine i, I think get yourself a sugar daddy yeah i'm totally kidding <laughs> i'm totally kidding i'm totally kidding you can't no, find I'm, those everywhere. <laughs> I'm totally kidding i'm sorry um <laughs> my best piece of advice the kitty poster on the wall would be to have um your point person you know john is you know, he's my labor of love. He listens to me succeed. He's proud of me. He boosts me and he helps me. And if, if it wasn't for that, there probably may have been times where I did stop. And, you know, looking hindsight, I would have missed out on a really great life opportunity. And I think if you don't have that, that person, you might be, you know, you might stop and you might get scared. And I think that was probably my most valuable push yeah thank you um yeah, it, oh, it, yeah. Mushy, sorry no I, I agree with that 100 um you know but i think the encouragement part is that you've got to educate yourself um push for education to understand what you're doing uh, and when you think you're half in make sure you go all the way in because if you don't get yourself all the way in you're not going to succeed you're half in it and half out and you're up and down, you've got to be all in at all times. 
Um, and start small. I mean, you don't have to go like so big. I yeah. mean, inch by inch is a cinch. Yard by yard is way too hard. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So it that, that that's what it's about. It's just being confident, um, set your sights, and that, that's what it's about. I think when you push to it, you, you can you can. Yeah. You, you can. You can always do more, you know? Yep. You can. You just gotta push through it. You can. I love it. So one last question. Um, because I think you guys have like completely educated us on you know microgreens that like i know i can feel it coming off of him that he's sitting here and he's like it's like all right we can we're gonna do it. like all right i gotta start looking on like facebook marketplace for some used racking we gotta go get some yeah. of this right he's like hey, totally they're, they're talking about taking lights down fluorescent lights down at work that are gonna get go. loaded gonna in the bed awesome. of my truck yeah. there you go let's do it That's i love it yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna make this um, happen so one last question you guys are talking about obviously adding in you know more space growing your your commercial operation and everything growing your customer base shifting from normal to we built this business for ourselves this is our job congratulations john you're well you're not going to be the ceo she is obviously so you yeah. be like the coo right but anyway so even if you're under her uh business structure wise right you guys are building this thing what's the what's the long-term plan or the long-term like vision for that where did like you just want to scale up to where this is full time income, you know, comfortable full time income? Do you want to go past that? How you many, you know, is you this want, right? Yeah. Is this going to come and turn into like a microgreens corporation? How do your kids well, factory in? Are they going to take over the business when they grow right, up? Like, generation, man, they make the most money. We do all the hard work, right? Yeah, right. I, I don't know. You know, I think the one thing that's important to me is <laughs> our relationship and mm -hmm. making sure that we still. Um, we're still in love and we're having fun and we're doing this stuff together. That's one of the big things. And I always watch out for that when we're building stuff like this, you know, it's like, are, is everything still okay? You know, if you have a relationship like that, it's like, if it ever gets to that point where I don't get to see you or we are, you know, at each other and it's a bad, you know, it's toxic. That's when I would say, we're going to stop whatever we're doing. We're going to focus on each other. And I mean, let's, we let's, want to keep on we're, we're blessed with a very, absolutely very healthy marriage. And I think that that's great. So yeah, corporate, corporate would be awesome. Like all of those, all of what you just said, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. sure. We could sustain life. And but for right now with two youngsters and, you know, post pandemic sort of, you know, yeah. climb, I would say like, let's just take this day by day, week by week and see what happens. Yeah. And make sure that you know everyone's good and the kids are taken care of and they're having fun and yeah. that's what it's all about i mean we love to travel and stuff so we want to yeah. get back to that you know there is no off time right now yeah i would say that's the other thing that someone should know if you're going to do microgreens or mushrooms you have to be there's there is no every, there is no day off i mean it is i have to water every day um, i mean it's it's something every it's not you know eight hours worth of work whereas you know some jobs require but it is something every day. So getting away from the farm is now where we're starting to evaluate. Okay, yeah, you know, as, as a seven day farm, it's not a problem. Yeah. Take two weeks off, no big deal. But what about my three week crops? How do I, how do I deal with that? So we've got plans for automation of watering. So we want to do that. I, so that's my next step. Once I've taken on mushrooms, I'm going to be building a complete like almost sub hydroponic setup for some of these. And we're doing some trials on um self-watering i mean there are flood tables out there that people use um they work as well um but i 
we want to use our hydroponic background to facilitate or at least yeah eliminate the need for us to actually water every day and then thus forth the farm would be we're all about automation our coop is automated it's on by solar power like we yeah. set it and forget it like coffee pot yeah, yeah that's what we want uh, we're, support, <laughs> we're supported by solar here um some of the stuff out there we've got a little bit of battery backup on this stuff um so so that's the other thing is making sure that we can get our time back with using our brains and making sure that you know I'm thinking that we might be able to get three days where we don't have to water. Woo! That would be, we can leave the, the house for three days and come back and it'd be completely fine. That would be amazing. That would be cool. You know, that's, that's a site I have. So, you know, cause there's a lot of, um, a lot of things you got to do just yeah, for a bunch of seeds. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's what our sites are set on too. So we, you know, we're not pushing really hard to go on vacation anytime soon because we're giving up these last two years to make this stuff grow. Right. And let's face it, how much fun can you have with a two and a three-year-old? I mean, it's like... <laughs> yeah, right. They're like, it's, uh, it's a touch and go. Uh, yeah. My dad, my feet hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Carry me. All the <laughs> I have to go potty. So yeah. it was a perfect time, actually, with the pandemic, you know, sort of riding up the pandemic and having young kids. They really didn't know what was going on. So it, was, it, it, all, it all really fell into our laps, and I'm super grateful for it. Awesome. I love hearing that. I love how you guys talk about building this around the kids and around, you know, not taking away from them, not taking away from family. I think that's huge. Cause I know that, I know that personally that we've talked about, you know, all these big, huge ideas and everything, but then you have that moment where you're like, hang on, hang on. I can't do that because I, you know, homeschool kids, I can't do that. If I want to actually, you know, we talk about farmer's markets, same thing you said of, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend from like what five or six in the morning. You get to most of them set up, and you're there till like two in the afternoon. I'm like, I don't want to spend every Saturday hoping somebody comes by my little table and buys some stuff. Like, yeah, I, no way, no way, no way. You know, for sure. Uh, you know, we. I'm sure you know Eric with your 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 history and your background. I mean, life is precious, and I'm sure that oh, yeah. that all that time, it's just you totally get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's even like the hours I work right now at work. A lot of times I'm like, okay, this is too much. But yeah. I also, I don't think we said it in the beginning, but I did end up getting that promotion into Buffalo. It just was delayed for a year. So I drive to Buffalo every day. Right. So I have two hours of driving on top of working a full-time job. Oh, so our, our time is short. And then I had my hip replaced two months ago. So basically oh. she's been doing everything on the farm by herself. Because, yeah, we call it my farm. Yeah, that's same as same as you. <laughs> <laughs> <on> my farm. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's been tough, and it's definitely put a lot of stress on things lately. Just because, I mean, I come home right. and she's outside working on the farm. Because right. it's like, it's oh my god, are move. you home yet? Somebody needs to watch this kid, so I can go like put the birds in the yeah. coop so they don't get eaten. Right. <laughs> but now, hopefully, as my leg's getting better, right, some of that stress will be reduced. But yeah. I, I think taking that perspective is very important for everybody to right. look at when you're when they're doing a farm because farming is stressful and it, tough. time you time time loss is definitely when you get a farm yeah you recognize that you have to get up earlier and you have to stay up later because you have so much to do in a day yeah right yeah, whether it's micro you know like an urban micro farm or or acres i mean it's yeah, just, farming's just like another relationship you know it's like it's not always 50 50 you know it could be 90 10 at times you know but yeah. you yep. get through it and you support each other and that's it yeah i think the last i don't know what you want to call it closing closing question the real clincher right 
Mm. If somebody is on the fence about, you know, do we want a homestead? Do we want a farm? Do we want to get into this? You know, and maybe not even necessarily like commercial, but you guys obviously had some kind of innate desire to live a life where like you're growing these greens, you're growing in the winter, right? You've got fresh eggs for yourselves. I mean, you did at least not anymore, but you know, (laughs) somebody who kind of is like toying with the idea of going towards this life. Right. And they're like, Oh, is it right? Should I do it? Should right. Especially now. I mean, the pandemic has helped prove that people still have this desire to grow their own and that kind of thing. But there's still a lot of people who are like, Oh, farming, growing your, that's so old fashioned, you know, we've like, we have grocery stores, why bother, right? So anybody who's kind of on the fence toying with this idea of like, should we homestead, should we not? I have a great answer for that. What would you say to them? I would say, do you like rewards? Satisfaction. Well, so think about it this way. Credit cards these days. Let's just go with that, okay? Mm -hmm. You can spend cash and not get a reward, right? So you can go to the grocery store, buy it for cash and not get a reward. Or you can buy with your credit card and you earn points or cash back or whatever, rewards, right? So you can go to the grocery store, buy it, or you can sit down in the mud, you can plant it, you can dirt it, you can watch it grow, you can water it, you can bring it to life, you can cut it, you can harvest it. You get all these rewards along the way, which is so satisfactory is what I would say. Yeah, uh, even like the small, I mean, the other like mechanical stuff or um, design stuff on home setting, you know, rain barrels and... Um, you know, reusing that stuff, solar, if you, you know, those are the new things of homesteading, right? Um, I mean, not so much rain barrels. But. I mean, I was told once that homesteading is considered now a social movement. And I will say the community that we have met yeah. with, with homesteading and, and sustainability is so supportive and uplifting. I mean, I mean composting, um, getting into that stuff and then seeing what, you know, nature's all about and what you can do with the land is, it, if you have that in you just a little bit, try it out yeah it's, it's grow super, basil start with that yeah it's super you know rewarding. you got a question there's someone who's got an answer for you on instagram or whatever you know what i mean so just do it it's so rewarding it yeah. really is start that little garden and the kids love it too you know the kids like they planted the garlic bulbs the other day and that's an education and and that's like uh, sensory stuff you know that's all yeah a lot really of things they, they run out to the chickens and they pick the tomatoes that are ripe and they give them Eat to them, the chickens yeah hey, Dad, can i put Give them the tomatoes. I'm like, yes, go ahead, give them the tomatoes. They do that. They pull it's up the so, carrots. Yeah, it's just, it, it's, it becomes a family type. It's um, rewarding. That's it. That's all I can say. Yeah. So it's a rewarding lifestyle change. I like that yeah. you're focusing on the what you get with it. Yeah. And, and that first statement when I said you can give somebody else that tomato sauce, that's like the, the greatest gift I could like give like someone. And they're like, oh my God, that's so good. It's like the best thing in the world. Okay, and not do that. He's obviously very biased over his own tomato sauce, but stay in tomato sauce out there. You know, after a long day working though, and and then you finally make something that's that like it almost doesn't matter what you make at the end of the day that you're like, this is food, it's delicious, right? It's fantastic. When it's, when it's blizzard out and you're like, oh man, crock pot spaghetti, you're like, oh, it's my spaghetti sauce. It's like but yeah, I, it tastes I, better, you know? It's, to add to the whole thing, there's definitely going to be hard times. Oh, yeah. Whatever it is you're doing, there's going to be hard times. Like, I go from that full-time job, and I come home, and then I'm like, oh, my God, something didn't work. Like, oh, you know, I have a bunch of contamination in my stuff, and I'm like, so, so beat, you know? And I'm like, this is, right. why am I doing this? You know, but but then I get back on the horse, and I ride it again, and I, 
it's you know it's tough it's when you're tired and you're beat and then it comes and it beats you up more but it's like golfing it's like that one good shot that's what keeps <laughs> you coming, coming back. back i'm like damn look at that mushroom i'm like whoa i can golf no i can't <laughs> stop it's that story of my life with i was golfing gonna too. say you're talking to the guy who's on the golf yeah. high school yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> story of our lives too so when we used to have four hours available to golf but you know yeah that's I know, uh right? I, I've played uh, one round of golf, I think, in the past three years now. And I used to play mean? I used to yeah. play all the time. And now everything. Yeah. And I, I'm in a job that's kind of sales based and you'd think I'd be out golfing with customers and customers are always like, Oh yeah, we should go golfing sometime. Never happens. Never. Well, part of that has been you and like medically. So you would be the sales guy for the chefs then, huh? absolutely oh absolutely yeah he's yeah. he's the business major yeah I've, I've got the marketing degree i've done outside sales i've cold called i've, I've worked in restaurants that, yeah that, that's the easy micros are a shoe-in for you absolutely. which actually you know what that's a major question that we didn't even ask them is it what's your back did we talk about your background i know you talked about you were a dental hygienist but like what is your background and how does that complement what you're doing um, okay, so I, have, I probably touched based on the fact that I was, so I was a dental hygienist for 15 years. And as I was saying, you know, every 45 minutes, I feel like I put on a new show. And I, I do feel like that has, you know, it, it obviously you have to be outgoing and it brings you out and you're, you have the capability of talking to a complete stranger and making a, a sort of a, an idea flow, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so I do feel like that, that experience gave me um, a, a little... Panache, if you will, like a little sase to out, you know, just talk to people. It doesn't matter. I don't yeah, care. you're outgoing. It's yeah. normal, but yeah. And then I also say that my medical background helped a lot with sterilization stuff. You know, like sterilization of trays, making you know, mushroom sterilization, Gloves, proper facility. Mess. You know, like I know how to do all that stuff. So some of it I was kind of schooling him on. Yeah, she would help me out. So you went to college, uh, and then out of college went to right to where hygiene. Um, I did not go to college, but I went to um, school for BMW, um, and then I made my way up. I've been with them for over 12 years, so I am a service shop foreman for a BMW dealership, so I oversee all types of work. So he's basically an engineer. I was going to say, he's got- He's very humble about it. Uh, yeah, not on their level, but yeah, I mean, that's, so I'm mechanical background. Yeah. So he, he does all our electrical, like he does all the, like he- there's like nothing this guy can't awesome. do, I swear. So you guys have this great pairing of like, she's going to make sure you grow it clean and he's going to make sure you have all of the the systems in place. Right. Which is a very cool compliment for each other. Hydroponic stuff. I just started, oh, just to my left here is a steam sterilizer I just built. It's an old pasteurizer. Oh. Um, it's a 55 gallon drum. And built it. I just <laughs> got that going. I just built it and it's running right now. He's brilliant. Hours. It's amazing. So that's how we pasteurize all of our fruiting blocks and stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Anything else you want to share? I think we've, I think, I mean, I've, I've run out of things to ask, I think. Yeah. And of course our dogs are barking again, but. That's okay. Ignore them. Real life on this podcast, right? But anything, anything else major, big takeaways, advice, anything like that, that you want to share with us? Oh, yeah. yeah no i i think we've kind of covered it all i mean we're having a good time doing it this was fantastic good guys enough for doing this absolutely yeah. i'm happy to do it so the last thing and then we'll let you guys get out with your saturday um 
last thing we need, I already know all the answers, but what's the best place for people to connect with you guys? Um, I would say if you want to, to connect with us, um, Instagram at Telesh Family Farm would definitely be the yeah. most um, up-to-date and efficient way of getting in touch with us. We certainly have, you know, our website. You can contact us through our website. You can order merchandise through our website. Um, if you're, you know, local to the area and want to do samples, you're more than welcome to get in touch with us. We're happy to provide those. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say, I would probably say Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on all the outlets, but I would say Instagram probably the most. Instagram's your primary? Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Awesome. If you guys got nothing and we got nothing, man, he's going to be talking microgreens for like the next... I, wheels are turning now. I love it. I'm so excited. This is great. This is so have, much fun. I love this. I give it six months and he's going to have something set up somewhere. Oh, I don't I, think I give it like two weeks. <laughs> it would be if I didn't tell him we have other stuff to do. Like, we kind of still need to finish like winterizing our chicken coop. Yeah. 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 I, got a, <laughs> I got stacks of metal racking sitting outside that I yeah. got to put up in the barns and gotta, yeah, organize our barns. Stuff. Yeah, we got a little bit going on here, buddy. Yeah, we got, we got lots of projects. Microgreens are going to have to wait. <laughs> that, that might right. be when you're ready, you give us a call. We'll help you. Winter right. project. Yeah. All right. To it. Thank you guys so much. Thank, Thank you so you. much for having us. Totally loaded, awesome episode. Biggest takeaways that we got. Make sure there's a market for what it is that you're doing, especially if it's something as niche as microgreens. Um, choosing crops based on your demand and your space. You probably heard that they're choosing uh, products that are going to go with chef order, not with just, you know, whatever they have. But they have some chefs who are picking based off what's available as opposed to making their own custom. So definitely want to take a look at what your market is and what kind of products the demand is for before you just dive into something, especially like microgreens. One of the really fabulous pieces from this interview in particular, I love how much you heard them talk about how much it matters to their family that they're doing this, how much their family life affects what they're doing. Um, the idea that we're not going to do farmer's markets because it doesn't really feel conducive to the family life that we want to be living. I love that for, um, you know, don't compromise what your family lives like for the sake of making a dollar. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And the last major takeaway from them that I want you guys to keep in your head is getting the education for what it is that you want to do before you do it. And that obviously is going to apply not just for a homemade money idea, but for anything and everything that we're doing on our homesteads. And that's definitely something that applies for us, for you, for your neighbor down the road, for whoever it might be. Everybody really should be getting an education, um, at least a pretty, you know, beginner level, if not towards intermediate level before you're getting into whatever it is that you're doing next. Don't go get you know, pigs, if you have no clue how to raise a pig, don't start selling microgreens if you don't even know the first thing about how to grow them, right? Don't plan on starting a business around something that you've only ever heard of, but never actually done, researched, learned about, whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, those are the big takeaways for this one. 
you're gonna find uh, kind of a kind of a mix of a recap and a farmer profile, if you will, and all that kind of stuff about microgreens, mushrooms, and Tulish Family Farm on our website. Um, you're gonna see the latest episode for the podcast there at findinggoodliving.com/podcast. Scroll down there, find the little image tile that says microgreens, and that's where you'll be able to find their episode. So thanks for listening, guys. Let us know how you felt about this episode. Send us a message. Connect with them on Instagram. Connect with us on Instagram. Let us know what you thought. 